Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the 21 News Podcast. Today, we are talking about eating disorders among teen girls and a new study from CDC that found that these have doubled during the pandemic. Here to help us sort this out, parents and teens navigating such a tough topic is psychologist Dr. Casey Goodpaster with the Cleveland Clinic. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Goodpaster. Thank you so much for having me. So talk to me a little bit about what the CDC has found. The CDC has found that there has been a sharp increase in eating disorders among teens in the U.S., And there are many thoughts about why that might be in terms of how the pandemic has really fueled eating disorders in this population, um, in addition to mental health concerns more generally in the U.S. Okay. Talk to me. What are some of those thoughts on why the pandemic fueled eating disorders and what age group are we talking about when we say teens? Uh, Teens, 13, uh, 18, in that range. And Uh, First, it's important to understand just in terms of the context that there is a mental health crisis going on in our population overall, and depression, anxiety, life stressors, these often precipitate the onset of of eating disorders. So the pandemic itself was a stressor. Um, You think about, too, how the isolation played a role in that isolation does fuel eating disorders. Um, It disrupts teens' usual routines. It disrupts their ability to socialize and school and other activities and really prevents them from getting the social support that is often needed in order for people to recover from eating disorders. Talk to me a little bit about what we mean when we say eating disorders. I think a lot of times people think of bulimia, anorexia, but I, I would imagine that this runs the gamut, especially possibly during the pandemic when we're talking about being isolated from people, just not being as active and maybe overindulging of the other end of that that spectrum. Sure. So eating disorders also encompasses binge eating disorder, which is not just overeating, but they would be periods of um, losing control over eating. So there might be unusually large volumes of, con- of food consumed in a short period of time, sort of like a car without brakes feeling when it comes to eating. Um, and that can get associated with feeling uncomfortably full or sick after eating, feeling guilty, depressed, disgusted about it, um, and such. Another thing to look out for in terms of eating disorders is excessive exercise. Because uh, that too has been, it seems, on the rise in, in teens as well. Mm-hmm. And you kind of touched on it there, excessive exercise. But what other signs can parents look for as a signal that maybe their 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 teen daughter or, or maybe we're talking, yeah, daughter may, may be struggling with, with an eating disorder? Well, a big sign uh, is poor body image above and beyond the body image issues that a teen might ordinarily face. If a parent sees that their teen is frequently making negative comments about their body or frequently checking their body, weighing multiple times per day, some other things would be a preoccupation with food. So that might be um, excessively um, paying attention to the types of the foods that are consumed or the amounts or there's specific um, food rituals that a a teen might be engaging in or beginning to hide their eating from other people. How can a parent address this? I mean, I feel like it's such a sensitive subject that you don't want to say the wrong thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's important to keep an open line of communication and starting with some broad questions about what the parent has been noticing and keeping a non-judgmental stance and then diving into more specific concerns if there are some red flags there. Um, And it's important that parents too um, get their children help as soon as they can um, because eating disorder treatment that is initiated earlier in the course of the disorder is more likely to be effective than once those habits are really entrenched later on. Can you give me any examples of what this conversation should look like? I mean, if a daughter mentions casually to the mom, you know, I I think I I need to lose five pounds or I I don't want to eat that because of X, Y, and Z. I mean, just give me an idea of what this conversation should sound like. I mean, I think it it could start with just exploring why that is. Um, Some open-ended questions. Well, tell me more. What's got you thinking about the fact that you need to or the idea that you need to lose weight? What's got you thinking about the calorie content? Uh, are there other things that you are doing that you're trying to uh, um, manage your concerns about your weight around? Um, and I think sometimes it's hard for teens to open up to their parents. So just offering the opportunity to talk to a non-judgmental third party can be a big uh, help. Mm-hmm. Should a, a parent ever comment on the weight as in, no, you're fine. I think you look great. Or yeah, maybe you could lose five pounds. Is there, I mean, or is that kind of something that they should avoid that line of conversation? Something to be avoided. Yes. Because uh, even if it seems like a parent is paying a compliment to the child, it can uh, sometimes turn into something that is really unhelpful because you don't know exactly what's going on at that point and what is playing a role in how their body appears. So even it's like, oh, no, you're, you're in a great, in great shape, nothing to worry about. That might reinforce what the child is already doing that's unhealthy. And, and certainly weight should not be a focus of any kind of criticism. Of course, if the whole family is you know, engaging in, in healthy behaviors and activity and things like that, that can be a great thing for everybody, but it should never be you know, targeted towards one individual. Okay. Okay. Talk to me a little bit about when a parent should introduce the idea of professional help. I feel like for some families that may sound like a very big leap to make. When they should introduce the idea. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think actually a part of this is just normalizing getting mental health treatment to some families that might seem like it's a big idea, but in fact, um, many people, it doesn't matter how severe the problem is, can benefit from getting mental health treatment. So um, to, to perhaps frame it like that and say, you know, a lot of people um, seek therapy for a whole host of reasons that uh, maybe the, the parent can talk about any times that they might have sought help just to help to you know, destigmatize it. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything else on this topic that you want to add that I have not asked you? Well, I did want to say a challenge right now is that eating disorder treatment can be hard to access because there has been such a high need for eating disorder treatment recently. So there's a big supply and demand issue. Uh, But uh, again, getting that eating disorder treatment is so important. And so if somebody is on a waiting list for a higher level of eating disorder care, it can still be very helpful to get into some general mental health treatment just to start to address the mood and coping piece. And then there can be other supplemental 
um, resources and sources of support that can go along with that mental health treatment, like self-help books, apps, online support groups, things like that. And those can be found on the National Eating Disorders Association website. Okay. Yeah. And I was just about to ask if someone's thinking, okay, you know, maybe we should start uh, venturing into this idea of seeking more support. Where should they begin looking? And I would imagine for some families, maybe they think cost as a concern. Sure. And so eating just National Eating Disorder Association is a really good starting point, but to look at who is covered in a family's insurance network, that's usually the place that I recommend going to first, just going to their insurance company's website and seeing what providers are covered. Um, and there's usually ways to filter on there by specialty areas as well. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Goodpastor, for your time and joining us. This is such a difficult subject, I think, for parents and um, their daughters to navigate. It's a very sensitive line to walk. and And I think you gave us some great advice. Thank you so much. Thank you so much again for having me.